Hi, my name is Emily White Rubin, and I am an emotional educator, an emotional life coach, and a certified Daring Way facilitator in the work of Dr. Brene Brown. For many years now, I've watched our world label people's depth of feeling as a problem, as something to fix or mask, as anxiety, depression, as something is wrong with you. Our suicide rates continue to grow higher, and our addiction to drugs and numbing continues to increase. Many of us are hiding how much we feel because our culture can be so quick to shame or judge us for being too emotional. I witness someone apologizing for crying almost every single day. I believe that we need more emotional education, more tools, more support in being with how deeply we feel. I don't have all the answers, but I want to be in the big messy questions. How do we cause less harm in our big waves of feeling like rage, grief, anxiety, or fear? I'm here to help people learn how to be there more for themselves and for others emotionally. Welcome to Feeling Deeply. Welcome to Episode 4, Rights of the Heart. It is my delight to have Elizabeth Suzanne Shapiro as my guest today. She lives in Eugene, Oregon, and is a licensed clinical social worker therapeutic ritualist, and healing artist. She is also a certified yoga teacher and Reiki practitioner. After serving marginalized communities as a therapist for over eight years, Elizabeth felt compelled to explore more holistic approaches to empower emotional wellness. She is pioneering the No Wrong Way Ritual Revolution and encourages individuals to find their own way to connect to that which is greater than themselves. She believes ritual intelligence lives within us all, waiting to be remembered. I've invited her on the podcast today because I have seen in myself and others that rituals can be immensely supportive to processing challenging emotions. For more information about Elizabeth, you can visit her website at rightsoftheheart.com. And because pausing and listening is such an integral part of Elizabeth's work, I offered for her to lead us in our opening pause today. Take a deep cleansing inhale through the nose. Exhale, open the mouth and sigh. Inhale, lengthen the spine. Exhale, relax your shoulders down your back. Take another deep, delicious inhale. Soften on your exhale. Allow yourself to arise. Offer a generous attitude towards whatever is arising. Give yourself permission to be human. Oh, great spirit, universal life force, that which is greater than ourselves, that which lives in all things, 
that lives inside of you and me. We ask that you be with us. We ask that you breathe with us. We thank you for the gift of this right now and all the opportunities that may unfold. We ask for your support so we may embody our divine wisdom. We invite the spirit of mystery to muse us, the spirit of creativity and vulnerability, so we may share our gifts for our highest good and the good of all. A ceremony is really anything that we decide is precious. It is our intention and attention that give a ceremony or a ritual power and meaning. Life becomes sacred when we say so. And for me, this courageous conversation that you and I are about to have, Emily, and I say courageous because fear is certainly here and, and I'm uh, more interested in leaning into that, that fear and that feeling and softening. Um, this divine dialogue is a ceremony of collaboration and contribution because that's how I'm choosing to hold it. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much for allowing me to really set the tone and set an intention and cross this threshold into this sacred cyber conversation in, in a good way and in a meaningful way. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I really appreciate and uh, in particular love how you just said it's a sacred space if we say so. Mm. I just love that. Yeah, thank you. That has been a huge part of my spiritual journey, realizing that there's really no right or wrong way to connect to that which is greater than ourselves. And I feel really, really passionate about empowering other people to reclaim spirituality and become the experts on their own spiritual lives and practices and really wanting to give people permission to find their own way to connect to that which is greater than than themselves, than ourselves, because I really don't believe there is a right or wrong way to do that. And it's really with, as I said, you know, it's just our choosing, our intention, our intention that creates the sacred. And it's been so transformational for me in my life to cultivate my own flavor of spiritual sauce and sprinkle that into the crevices <laughs> of my life and my being and and really making it more more rich and more meaningful yeah i really really hear you on that and and i also just am having this moment of appreciating how you named some fear 
Mm. Uh, I often notice when I go into a sacred space, if I'm going to create a little ceremony for myself, that there's some fear. So I really appreciated you naming that too and just normalizing that that's something that is often going to come up when we choose to move into an intimate and sacred space. Mm. Yeah, this being human is apparently a courageous, uh, nonstop (laughs) (laughs) way of being. And uh, yeah, just stepping into uh, a place where I'm really choosing to follow the, the vision and the truth that's knocking at my heart's door and choosing to just be myself and share what's important to me and really being excited about sharing these offerings with the world has been a constant choosing in every single moment to be with that fear and choose to be more interested in the vision because the not enoughness and the wanting to stay safe and small and the the monkey mind and all of that it's so real. It's so, it's so present. And so that's been a huge part of this journey as well has been uh, really being with that, that fear and choosing, choosing love. I really believe in every moment we have that, that choice between fear and love. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You, you bring that up about the ceremonial space because I really see engaging with ceremony and engaging with spirit actually allows us to do a lot of the deeper emotional work and processing because we've created this container that allows us to hold it and to feel more supported and that we don't actually have to do it alone. We can actually connect to these energies that are there to really support us. And um, yeah, that's, that's been really beautiful to experience that that personally and in supporting others as well, the power of that. Yeah, it's so easy to forget that container is there. And as as you were guiding us to call that container in to really ask for it and to look for it and listen for it and feel for it, just acknowledging that uh, we need support. And Mm -hmm. that we really aren't meant to be going it all alone, but it sneaks in there. Wow. I mean, it's incredible (laughs) how it sneaks in there and you feel all of a sudden like it's all on me. I have to do everything. I have to, I have to make it all happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Human beings really, you know, not, not to put all humans in a box and (laughs) my, my experience as a a human is, yeah, there's this, uh, we want control. We want to feel safe. We want to know how things are going to go. And it's been a huge learning for me to really let go of that and to really let go of needing to know the how and really trusting, trusting being supported by that, which is greater than myself on this journey of being human. And again, like I I think human beings, we really, I mean, this life is going to go by, by a cosmic blink, right? You know, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. This life is, is short and precious and we're all just figuring out how to do this being human thing. And For me, I see really like 
that's why it feels so important for people to reconnect to spirituality and for spirituality to become more accessible and inclusive because of how healing and transformational and just incredibly powerful as a tool in our lives to be with this humaning and to be with the challenging feelings and experiences and to reclaim ritual, which is our birthright, which I believe everyone has this ritual intelligence engraved in our bones that's just waiting to be remembered. And I want to be someone who awakens that ancient inside of people and empowers them to remember that wisdom that's living inside of them and reconnecting to ritual and spirituality as a way to navigate this being human, the depth and breadth of the human experience and emotions, and also as a means to really honor and acknowledge these thresholds. I feel as if humans are constantly unconsciously crossing thresholds all the time, whether it's with relationship, with jobs, you're moving, you decide to stop shaving your armpits, you're, you know, you have a birthday, whatever it looks like, we have these events in our life. And I, I really believe that the psyche is craving uh, means to really acknowledge and honor these thresholds. And in a way that can really be accessible and authentic for people. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. It, it can be simple to be sacred. It can be silly and it can be sacred. That's really what I want to awaken in, inside of, of people and, and reconnect and allow them to remember and reclaim rituals and rites of passage and, and ceremony in a way that, that feels good. Again, feels inclusive. Mm. Could you give us an example or guide us through a little bit of how we could do that? Yes, definitely, Emily. Yeah, I have um, a bit of a no wrong way ritual recipe that I'd be happy to share with you. Well, again, it's, it's been such a pivotal part of my, of my journey. I'll just I'll share a little bit about my story and how I got to this no wrong way, ritual revolution that I'm, <laughs> I'm pioneering. So uh, yeah, once upon a time, I was hungry for this kind of rite of passage. I felt um, that I had not really been initiated into, into womanhood in a way that I know that other cultures and traditions do. Um, and I feel our society really doesn't at this time have this. I mean, there are organizations um, that are that are bringing this work back. Um, I'm actually involved with one of them called Cascadia Quest, and they're amazing. Uh, but more on that at another time. Um, but yeah, so I was hungry to do um, a rites of passage, hungry to cross the threshold into womanhood in an intentional way. And so I did a vision fast and... So vision fast is where you are fasting and you're on the land and you're praying and you really are, you're not eating and you're creating space to be filled by vision. And I really spent so much time of this vision fast, Emily, comparing myself to the other 
beings around me who are fasting and deciding that they were doing it right and I was doing it wrong and they were all way more spiritual than I was because I was over here in my power place making up songs, making Vision Quest the musical, singing about a chocolate-covered lizards and stone pile pie and, and laughing and thinking, oh, oh, you know, I, there, there must be some, you know, mathematical equation to get to creator. And, and maybe I slept through that math class or something because I'm having no idea what this is supposed to look like. And the, the cosmic joke of that was the gift that I received was really my vision in seeing how funny it was that I thought there was a right or wrong way to connect to that, which is greater than myself, a right or a right way to pray. And I just, I don't believe that's true. I just, yeah, in that moment, I really got that there is no right or wrong way to connect to whatever it is that you call that higher power, that energy, or that, that web of life that connects all things. And, uh, yeah, so that was a huge part of my my time out there on the land was receiving this gift and uh, feeling excited to share this medicine with with others. So the no wrong way ritual recipe. Ingredient number one. <laughs> so the, the first part of creating a, a ritual or ceremony is really creating that sacred space, is setting the tone. And so that can look like many different things. That could look like some sort of calling in. So inviting in that energy that is greater than ourselves. And that can be called by any name that resonates with you. God, goddess, creator, great spirit, uh, Mother Earth, Mother Teresa, Mr. Rogers, grandmothers, grandfathers, ancestors. It could look like simply lighting a candle. It could look like taking your shoes off and walking on the earth and connecting to the elements. It can really look like whatever will allow you to recognize that you are now crossing the threshold into a ceremonial space. And so really sitting with what does that feel like? What does that sound like? What does that look like for you? And trusting that. Yeah. Yeah. I often find for me, cleaning is involved. (laughs) (laughs) I have to clean a little space. I have to really uh, just put things in a place where they feel clean and Mm. sacred. And I love all of that. Yeah. Well, and again, that just speaks to, you know, we, you can make any moment into a sacred moment, into a prayer. It doesn't have to look like you're kneeling at the side of the bed with your, you know, hands in prayer position at heart center. That's beautiful. That's not wrong. Again, I really want to emphasize that there are religions and cultures who have beautiful philosophies and traditions, and that's not wrong. If, If that resonates with you, wonderful. I want people to just be connecting to spirituality in a way that feels authentic. Because just like anything in life, if someone else is telling you how to do it, it doesn't really stick. And so again, like people are doing 
have beautiful practices and I have all the love and respect in the world for those people and whatever you choose. Um, I just want people to feel liberated from a sense of there's a should or shouldn't or supposed to when it comes to spirituality. It's funny when I, I launched my website pretty recently, my sweet little cyber baby, and I did a whole, you know, my own ceremony around that with my, you know, smudging my computer and calling in ancestors and calling in a prayer and saying, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, technology for every not nice thing I ever said about you. <laughs> Just really wanting to be intentional about using this tool, technology in an intentional way, in a good way. Mm. And, you know, had my whole no wrong way ritual in, in my own way. And, and then had this strong calling to go to synagogue. And that evening to go to, to temple and to, to pray with in the way that my people have historically prayed. And so it was like this beautiful juxtaposition of holding both, of holding my own version of ceremony and my offering in the world, which is all about the absolutely no right or wrong way to, to pray or to connect with spirit. And then later that evening to sit in a synagogue, which was very much had, you know, their way. And that was beautiful. And I'm really interested in learning from spiritual teachers and elders and traditions. And I think for all of us, it's, it's great to continue to, to learn what's out there and what's available and then to sift through for the gold and to create, to create what works for you. And so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah. So you can really that is, that is the, the beauty of this. You can really make it whatever you want. And so going back to our recipe, so you can brew up your own batch of spiritual stuff. <laughs> we'll edit that out and uh, put something really clever in there. Anyway. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Ingredient. Number two is setting your intention. I cannot emphasize this enough, Emily. Your intention is everything. And this is not just in terms of a ritual or a ceremony. I really believe that connecting to our intention in every moment is so valuable. It's so helpful the power of returning to our intention and recalibrating the heart compass based on that intention and tuning to that. Yeah. So whatever that intention may be, as I mentioned before, some examples, but um, maybe you are creating a ceremony to celebrate a new job or you're moving to a new place or you are entering a new relationship or you are untangling from a relationship, or you are praying for a new relationship, or you are dating and about to send a text message and you want a little support from something greater than yourself to navigate that, that space. Um, it can be uh, ceremonies of self-love, 
uh, rituals of radical acceptance or forgiveness, grief, any moment. I mean, I have rituals of red lipstick. I have rituals of nourishment in which you know, every bite of food that I take, that I say thank you, I love you too, and that's part of my ritual. So much possibility there, so much opportunity. And so really, uh, whatever is alive in your heart, just really invite you to listen to that. And that will, will get you clear about your attention. Yeah, and then the third step, the most important ingredient in your No Wrong Way ritual is to listen to the wisdom and the rhythm of your own heart. And then you really can't mess it up. <laughs> Ceremonies can be anywhere. They can be in the grocery store, they can be in your car, you can do a ritual on the road, maybe a preventative step against road rage, or <laughs> it can be, um, I've done a ritual of self-love in a porta potty at a festival, just connect, you know, my feet planted on the earth, my crystal at my throat chakra, just calling in, setting that intention, my hands on my heart, you don't need anything. You don't need the crystals and the, you know, fancy garb or the beautiful medallions. I mean, if you have all that stuff, wonderful, and utilize that again. It's whatever works for you. Really, you, you don't need anything, just yourself. And you have the earth, which is a pretty cool resource as well, if you'd like to, to connect in that way. Just really want to emphasize again that it is sacred because you say so. And so creating that sacred space can be anywhere at any time. It can be simple. It can be silly. It's just for you. One of the most fantastic things that I've discovered in my own process of engaging with with ritual and ceremony and really weaving that into my daily life has been that in connecting to the divine, in connecting to that which is greater than ourselves, we actually get to know ourselves, to know our true selves, to shed the false selves and the masks and come home to who we really are. And in that homecoming to our hearts, we get to fall even more in love with ourselves. And so I also see this opportunity in reclaiming ritual as a way of also supporting self-love and self-care. That resonates so deeply, so, so deeply to me, Elizabeth. And when you added the third part of the recipe, the pausing to listen to your heart, it really took my breath away for a moment because the practice of that and everything that I've been exploring and researching around getting in touch with how we feel and really checking in with ourselves and our felt sense, it's as simple as that. It really is... Um, 
amazing the insight that you get when you pause like that and check in with your heart. As you said, anytime, any place, anywhere, the recognition of where you're really at, how you're really doing mm-hmm. is so real. And that gateway is right there, right there in your heart. The beautiful part of the third ingredient or step in creating your ritual or your ceremony is it really forces you to lean into that mystery and to embody the attitude of the mad scientist who's willing to experiment or the curious child who's willing to to play and have that beginner's mind because this may be a really new practice. And I think it's good medicine for the human to lean into that mystery and not know what's going to happen. And it actually creates this opportunity for you to even surprise yourself in that spontaneity. You know, I've had been with someone and, or been with myself and curating or crafting a ceremony and leaning into that space and the things that show up of, okay, let's, um, you know, let's, let's grab a feather now or let's uh, oh, get some water and, you know, dunk our fingers in or, or whatever comes up kind of creates this portal of, of magic if you're willing to, to allow yourself to linger in that space and lean into that mystery. And again, that's where the fun of getting to know ourselves can come in and trusting ourselves, which again, I think is a huge part of building the, the self-love muscles and the practice because loving ourselves is definitely a practice and a strengthening of a muscle. Yeah, this work really gives um, an opportunity to, to do that, to invite that, that curiosity and that playfulness and that, and that spontaneity. Yeah. And to normalize that there may be some vulnerability there. There may be some uncertainty. You may pause to listen and you may be surprised. You may be quiet at first. You may not know what's going to come through. And that's all part of that is what I'm really hearing you say. That's all part of the process and that that doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing or that you've done something wrong. But in fact, that's part of what you're practicing is opening that up to listen, to not know, to be surprised, to be in the great mystery. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are engaging in rituals of different kinds without even maybe using that language. Mm. And so there, there may be things that you're already doing that maybe you just want to create a even more intention to, or, uh, use as an opportunity to connect to that which is greater. It can be as simple as you wake up in the morning and place a hand on your heart and speak really sweetly and tenderly to yourself. Or, um, you know, look in the mirror and say, I love you as a, as a ritual of, of self-love. And it can be simple And it may just be a a noticing what you're already doing or an enhancing of a practice. Beautiful. The other thing I just want to touch on is as we've been 
sharing about feeling deeply, <laughs> uh, which is kind of the the foundation of, of the work that I know that you're doing, which I'm so in, in awe of and so appreciate you you doing that work and, and holding that intention to support people and feeling deeply because it is so necessary. Interesting, I've been noticing in my own life the ways that I dissociate and have since childhood and have recently um, yeah, been using ceremony and ritual to support me in, that, in those ways to uh, almost less in trying to delete those patterns, right? Yes. And, and those uh, sabotaging, limiting behaviors, and more so as a means to support myself afterwards and support myself in the radical forgiveness and the gentleness and being with myself and allowing myself to, to feel deeply. And so this, uh, the no wrong way rituals have really supported me in coming out of, of the numbing and allowing me to, to really feel and really be as I am and as I'm not. And Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Elizabeth, because you're not alone in that. And I really appreciate your authentic sharing in mm. that experience and the the numbing component, disassociating, however we want to call that experience when there's so much feeling that we end up going into a different realm. I really appreciate you saying that. And I just want to normalize it and and I love this this tool of then going to take care of yourself perhaps going into a ritual going into a practice of self-love uh, I know for me when I catch that I'm numbing uh, it's I have my own way that I'm finding as well to then take care of myself because those feelings are going to potentially still come up Mm-hmm. And or the whatever else you're going to need to look at as you move out of that space is going to arise in you. And so it can be really, really helpful to have a practice or a ritual, like you're saying, that you go to when that happens so that you can take care of yourself. And in addition, of course, to doing the work to unearth the deeply rooted subconscious beliefs that maintain some of those um, behaviors and practices. And so again, the ceremonies and rituals are not a means to bypass that deep emotional work. It's necessary. Like we, it's our responsibility to feel those feelings deeply as they are teachers and they are guides on our spiritual journey and our awakening and uh, really are in service of our growth. It feels important to mention that as well, that engaging in a ceremony and a ritual, as I said, is so helpful for the psyche. The psyche actually doesn't know the difference between our imagination and reality. You know, it doesn't know the difference between our waking life and our dreaming life. And so these ceremonies 
are really helpful in us honoring, acknowledging, processing all of these, as I mentioned, you know, transitions or events or emotions that we're navigating. And the, there's, there's still that, that heart tending to do. I can, I can give an example in my own life where I had a beautiful, beautiful ceremony with an ex, a ceremony of untangling souls in, in a good way, in a loving way. Because I find that it would be much easier to untangle in anger. Uh, and I was not as interested in that. And so I was really committed to us co-creating a ceremony for ourselves that came from a place of love and respect and, and honoring each other. And so I uh, crafted something with him, bless his, his willing heart and soul, <laughs> uh, to, to be in that portal with me. And yeah, we really, oh, God, it was it was beautiful. And so we have this, this deeply healing ceremony of, of honoring and witness and letting go with such love. And yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I actually was, I remember almost a part of me witnessing it in awe that this is possible for humans. And I wanted to run around and shout to everyone, Hey, did y'all know that it could look like this? <laughs> and it felt like that ceremony in itself was medicine for my people that I wanted to share. And so then I saw this beautiful human three days later and I went, Ugh! and then I thought, wait, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. Didn't we just do a ceremony? How am I becoming activated at the sight of this man? We did the thing. Isn't it done now? It's just now it's, it's, you know, we, we did it and I, you know, I, I prayed for, for spirit to support us and cutting the cord and yada, yada, yada. And here I was having feelings. And it was a beautiful reminder that of course I'm still going to have feelings. Of course I'm still human. And there's years of intimacy with this other being that I'm, I sorted through. And so and that doesn't negate the juiciness and the power and the potency of the ceremony that we had and how that served both of us on separating in a really intentional, conscious way. I love this example. And I really love you speaking to this piece as well. It's a process. And, and I just calls in me to say that that's the same with all emotions. I remember for a while when I really started to get in touch with grief in particular, and I was really feeling deep grief. I remember at a certain stage, then I was like, okay, I, I think I should be done with this now. You know, there was this, this feeling of like, okay, I've, I've grieved enough about this particular thing. Like I've felt it for real. I felt it fully and presently so many times, but it'll sneak in there again. Okay. Why am I feeling it again? Right. Mm -hmm. And yet it can still arise and it can still arise. And it's so important to not make that wrong. And to really just care for ourselves in that moment, to value and respect that, okay, grief mm. is here again. Grief is here again. So how can I tend to myself? How can I really take care of myself in that? 
Yeah. And I wonder if a grief ritual of sorts could support one where, where grief continues to come up in that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just speaking with a mother who told me that she just did a grief ritual with her daughter because they lost their gerbil. Mm. And she's eight. Amazing. And so they did yes. a grief ritual for her gerbil. Yeah. And she's been going back to that ritual because she's still mourning and grieving over her gerbil. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's a, it's real. It's a big deal. And it, again, it's, it's just really helpful to have that, like you said, the, an honoring and an acknowledging of that threshold. I mean, that gerbil passed through the veil and it's important to honor its transition, you know, and that I love that. And I love that, that mother creating that, that space again, creating a container for that young one to process those feelings and feel witnessed in that. And again, there's, you know, there's ceremonies that we do with ourselves and these rituals that can be very private and personal and intimate. And then there are ceremonies where we are witnessed and there's a huge power in that, in being witnessed in your grief and being supported in your grief. We are not meant to do this being human alone. We're not, we're just not. So yeah, I love, I love you bringing that up that again, there's, there's something incredibly powerful that that happens when we participate in ceremony in a way that we are witnessed. I mean, you have in our culture, people, there are some ceremonies that people are quite familiar with, right? There, for example, a wedding. That is a ceremony that most people feel familiar with. And my experience is a lot of people, the the ceremony part is kind of like, oh, you know, it'll be short and sweet. And, you know, then we get to go to the open bar, which like is fun and awesome. I'm not saying that. It's just, I see there's this like incredible opportunity to really honor this commitment, this threshold crossing. Again, to me, I hold a marriage as a rite of passage. It's a huge threshold. It's one of the biggest thresholds we cross in our lifetimes is making that commitment to a new layer of of depth and intimacy and partnership to another being is a big deal. It's so powerful. And so the work that I do with couples and weddings, it's really important for me to create something that feels interactive, that the community really feels like they know why they're there and why it matters that they're being witnessed in this way. And again, there's an opportunity to reclaim ritual and ceremony in that space, just as people are really reclaiming what even relationship means, right? Whether it's recreating monogamy or polyamory or sexuality or people are really taking that part of their lives in their own hands. I think it's the same for for ceremony and ritual. And now a wedding ceremony can really look like whatever that couple likes, whatever really embodies the essence of their their connection and their shared vision and their values. And so it's it's something that that also really excites me in terms of, of ceremony work. Yes, definitely. I can really feel 
how embodied you are in this work and how much you really are living and breathing it. So I want to thank you so much for your devotion to this and for sharing your gifts and sharing your voice, sharing your truth, and sharing the tools that you really are cultivating for yourself and supporting other people in finding their own way. Mm. Thank you so much for that reflection, sister. It really means a lot to me in birthing this heart and soul centered business and venture and and really choosing to pursue this vision and this calling uh, despite all all the fears and and the the not enoughness gremlins <laughs> yes it, it's it's been and and even recently this you know uh feeling the pressure to to do and what does that look like and you know the strategies and this and property prop and i really <laughs> it's been a, a remembering for me recently that oh i just get to keep living this this is my from my lived experience and it's so much less about what we're doing and it's so much more about how we're being and this is how I want to be. This is a way of life that works for me. And I just want to empower people to, to find their own way that works for them. Um, thank you, Emily, for this incredible opportunity. I'm so honored to be here and to be, I feel honored to have the opportunity to speak about these things that that means so much to me and I care so much about and I really, I just care so much about other people. And in order to, to really care about other people, we really need to care about ourselves. And so I'm, I hope that people feel uh, inspired to, to start connecting to that which is greater and maybe concoct their own no wrong way ritual um, as a way to, to care for themselves so they can they can care about others as well. I echo that with all my heart. And thank you for your presence and for your willingness and your courage to really show up in your fullness to this podcast. Mm. Thank you. Ah. Mm. Thank you. Thank you to all the kind, benevolent, loving spirits who were with us throughout this divine dialogue, tango, heart song, heart song ping pong that we just played. Ah, Amen. A woman. Hallelujah. <laughs>If you're interested in being notified about further podcasts, you can click subscribe wherever you like to listen. And if you'd like more information about Elizabeth Suzanne Shapiro and her offerings, you can visit feelingdeeply.com slash podcast or rightsoftheheart.com.
Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening with me.